Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness, and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at 9 with us. Oh, yeah. What up, Jason Beck? Oh, good morning. We're a high nine team. What's happening, y'all? And welcome back, everybody out there. You are now tuned into High at Nine News. Thank you for joining us, not only to get High at Nine with us, but also High Noon on the East Coast. I'm Rico Lamy, the dopest dad on the street, and it's Wednesday, March 22nd. Today is National West. Virginia Day, known to the real Virginians as West Virginia is not Virginia Day. It is also National Goof Off Day, so quit being so serious. And National Vegetarian <laughs> Crepe Day, truly delicious treat if you could get some authentic ones from over in Deutschland. And uh, everybody out there watching, please like, share, hit the subscribe button, and follow us at High 9 News across all social media platforms. We're live weekday mornings on YouTube and Twitch, audio only on Clubhouse. And if you do choose the Clubhouse, now you can also participate in the show by raising your hand with a brief comment on the story presented. And um, we're going to get things started today with Jason Beck. He is the... No, 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 no. And no. You switching up? Yeah, you got to look at the spreadsheet, bro. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Yep. There we go. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. Okay, we're going to get Fox things started a little different today. Jason Beck's going to be uh, joining us a little bit later, but you know who it is uh, first. She is the uh, most wanted person by PETA. She is most wanted in every single state by stealing small clothing and putting it on her dogs. But she's also known for mixing things up in the kitchen and up on K Street with uh, liberals across the aisle. Coming to the stage first is the founder of Panoptic Strategies and our very own Washington Insider, Gretchen Gailey. What you got for us today? Good afternoon. My headline this morning is coming from The Hill. Uh, and the headline is how the 2023 Farm Bill could change the game for THC products. Uh, since there are so many of us today, I'm going to skim a lot and skip a lot. Uh, the Senate and House Agriculture Committees have started hammering out their versions of the next Farm Bill with hemp industry advocates and opponents watching closely. Jonathan Miller, General Counsel for the U.S. Round Hemp Roundtable, an industry coalition says the organization's top priority is to define the FDA's role in hemp and CBD regulation. He said that might be part of the farm bill. It might be something separate, but it's our top priority when it comes to 2023. Miller is also encouraging leaders on the new farm bill to raise the limit on THC concentration for hemp crops from 0.3% to 1%. So many farmers have had to burn their crops because it might have tested at 0.4 or 0.5, he said. Scott Chipman, vice president of Americans Against Legalizing Marijuana, is hoping lawmakers will use the 2023 Farm Bill to move in the opposite direction. Chipman said his organization is warning lawmakers of the harms and loopholes presented by the 2018 legislation and urging them to declare illegal any product without FDA approval containing THC. The fact that the Farm Bill is being reconsidered gives us hope that Congress understands the mistakes that have been made and will fully correct that error. An FDA spokesperson told The Hill that the agency will not comment on the proposed Farm Bill legislation, but is prepared to work with Congress to create a new regulatory pathway to manage hemp-derived products and the risks associated with CBD. Others, including Miller, are also pushing Congress to remove a 2018 Farm Bill statute that bars people from producing hemp if they were convicted of a felony for a controlled substance within the past 10 years. Representative uh, Pingree, Representative Trone, Joyce, Mace all announced new legislation, the Free to Grow Act, earlier in March. 
Uh, the bill signaled lawmakers interested in changing the 2018 statute and allowing formerly incarcerated individuals to participate in the hemp industry. While hemp production was federally legalized by the 2018 Farm Bill, the industry's growth is being stunted by red tape, discriminatory policy, and regulatory uncertainty. The upcoming Farm Bill gives Congress a once-in-five-years opportunity to correct the unfair policy that bans people with drug convictions from growing hemp. It goes on, yada, 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 save the children. Um, however, uh, I, 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 I believe that they will fix things when it comes to the pathway with the FDA separately from the Farm Bill. I don't think that's going to get lumped into the Farm Bill. I think we need to, frankly, be looking at the Farm Bill for bigger picture items uh, when it comes to all of cannabis and not just fixing hemp. I think if you want to see good movement in cannabis, we need to do it there. This is Gretchen Pryat, 9 News. Talk. Short oh. and sweet. I know you're not used to that for the first story out, but I like that. I like that. You know what I'm saying? Fast move. You know what I mean? Tall and bitter. Yeah. I mean, so it doesn't sound like we're really going to get much out of this new Farm Bill 2.0. Dude, what are you talking about? The Farm Bill's not up till September. How are you even saying that? Just saying. Doesn't sound like. Does anyone else have their shocked face on this morning? Because this is mine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, all right, all right, all right. A question: Do we think there's yeah. any hope for raising the hemp uh, limit to one percent? I've heard it's going to go to one percent. I have heard that. You really think so? I, I I have heard that from who? From people on the hill. Okay. Yeah, my little hill runners. You know what I mean? I can't wait to hill meet these people. I'd love to know who's willing to do that. Yeah, strong calves. <laughs> Just saying. You know, we run uphill generally, <laughs> as opposed to downhill. That's All right. Numbers are going Apparently, up. no one cares about slow. this story. Move along. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I care about this story. I think it's interesting because it's going to help all the people that have all that hot hemp be able to actually still get it through and turn it into something. Oh, like allegedly uh, uh, marijuana Mitch McConnell and uh, your boy Rand Paul, huh? Well, I mean, Rand Paul would be all the way for, for raising that limit. Um, I'm pretty sure Mitch McConnell is not going to be for it. Well, and I don't know about that because good old Mitch, and I don't know if he's just doing a usual Kentucky two-step, uh, but one of the quotes that I left out from this story because in uh, time had to do with Mitch McConnell, who was speaking to folks in Kentucky, who was saying that the problems with uh, cannabis is from the FDA. So Mitch is not saying, oh, down with cannabis. He's saying down with the FDA. They got to work their shit out. Hey, I can agree with Mitch on that. Down with the FDA. Yeah, man. Down yeah, marijuana Mitch. Down like I, marijuana Mitch. I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on the FDA to pull their shit together this year. I really do. Let me tell you something. If you're expecting the FDA to pull anything together other than their pocketbooks, I think, good I luck think, with that. I, I, I need think, to get some hemp-derived CBD ointment for those ribs. <laughs> I think Congress is going to put pressure onto the FDA to do something. They've passed legislation already telling them to do stuff. They haven't done it. I think they're willing to pretend to slap them around. I think it's going to happen. Pretend to slap them around. Well, that's how it works in Washington. You pretend, oh, oh you've been bad, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then yeah. behind the scenes, you pat them on the butt. That's how it goes. Uh -huh. so, it's it's right. like a little public sure spanking, the open palm. and then you give them the little, uh-oh. Make sure you know it's with an open Jason. palm and not a cupped hand. All right. I don't have the rundown in front of me, but I would say either it's time for an ad or yeah, you're right. the dopest <laughs> ad on the street. It's time for an ad. That's right. Adam, let's run a little commercial. We're going to be right back. Slap that ass. How's it going, guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio-only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify? Tune in now and check it out. Oh, yeah. Coming up next, we have the dope dad himself. That's right, Rico Lameet. When Rico is packing up boxes and we don't mean for shipping weed, we're talking about it's moving time. That's right. So if anyone is out there is looking to help Rico move, he is looking for <laughs> volunteers to come help him box his dishes and all of Zozo's toys. That's right. It is the dope dad himself, Rico the Meat. My damn meme. Yay! Woo! <laughs> Anybody wants to help me move, I actually pay in dollars or um, or weed. So, you want to give me a plane ticket, bro? I don't pay plane tickets. 
uh, and, I'm, and I'm sure you're not on the no. Uh, you you are still on the. He's no definitely on the no fly list for sure. <laughs> but anyways, it's, uh, I'm gonna be as quick as possible with mine today. It, it is a doozy coming out of political, a uh, politico uh, from uh, Natalie Ferdig. And um, my question to everybody is: the Chinese Communist Party the primary funder of the illicit, mar- illicit market in ca- in American cannabis? So. Um, Given today's geopolitical climate, it's a question guaranteed to generate more questions than answers. Two words that can broadly describe international politics in 2022, rough and redefining. The rough parts, Russian invasion of Ukraine and the China-Taiwan crisis uh, that we see going on continuing now. The The redefining part was the United States finally acknowledging China as its true superpower rival. Last October, the Biden administration issued its second national security uh, strategy, declaring the post-Cold War era officially over. But it also identified China as its current most important security challenge making China a new boogeyman to replace a declining Russia. Before I continue, um, I think it's important to acknowledge the national security strategy's sketchy roots before blindly following another U.S. government-sourced propaganda piece designed to drive more of our tax, do- tax dollars into the military-industrial complex, all in the name of keeping Americans quote unquote, safe. The United States National Security Strategy, or NSS, is a document prepared to be annually Um, delivered by the sitting executive branch outlining pressing national security concerns and how the sitting administration plans to deal with them. It was a byproduct of the Goldwater-Nichols Department of Defense Reorganization Act of October 4th, 1986, signed into law by none other than Ronald Reagan. The act completely overhauled the U.S. military command structure with the most significant changes to the U.S. Department of Defense since established in the National Security Act of 1947. Note the dates. Basically making the sitting U.S. president and joint chiefs of staff the two most powerful people in the world. Basically, um, the NSS is an annually updated Cliff's Notes for U.S. government propaganda to look out for in the following year. Have you guys noticed a major uptick in media coverage of escalating U.S.-China tensions from late last year until now? I know I have. Today's story falls right into that category, offering more open leads and follow up questions and actual answers as to where all the money being poured into an estimated 75% of the $100 billion U.S. cannabis industry is coming from. Military experts and historians say the recent shift to a U.S. Chinese bi- uh, bipolar power structure will shape a new world order. I'm not sure what the fuck that even means, but I guarantee it's scary enough for a few people at least to buy more guns. Several decades of Chinese economic and military growth has effectively closed the gap between it and the United States. Mexican cartels have a long history of illegally importing, growing, and redistributing cannabis in the U.S., but with multiple Western states seeing an increase of Chinese workers and funding at unlicensed cultivation operations, folks are beginning to connect new dots. The California DCC says Chinese investors, owners, and workers have emerged in recent years as a new source of funding and labor for illegal marijuana production. In Natalie Ferdig's political piece, she cited interviews with state law enforcement officials, quote-unquote experts on the international drug trade, economists, and lawmakers as reliable sources. Very interesting there. Chinese owners and workers have become a larger presence at illegal grows in Oklahoma, California, and Oregon, they say. In Oklahoma, close to 3,000 of the state's nearly 7,000 licensed uh, marijuana farms have been flagged for suspicious activity by law enforcement over the last year. Those operations are now being investigated for obtaining their licenses fraudulently and or for selling into the illicit market, according to Mark Woodward, a spokesperson for the Oklahoma Bureau of Narcotics. The agency believes 2,000 of those farms have a Chinese connection, supply, uh, supplying workers, funding, or both. Of the more than 800 farms the OBN has shut down in the last two years uh, for operating illegally, roughly 75% are linked to China. There was no evidence uh, uh, produced in there. Um, I would comfortably say over 600 of those we've linked to Chinese investors, Chinese organized crime, some sort of nexus to back to China, And um, I'm going to stop right there and summarize the rest. The PASS Act is a bipartisan bill co-sponsored by Dave Joyce and a bunch of Republicans using the same playbook the U.S. government has for generations to uh, to demonize and ramp up enforcement of non-white operators in the U.S. economy. Hiding behind 
the tried and true guises of protecting the children and keeping our weed pesticide and fentanyl free because that happens everywhere else. Um, they say that the PASS Act would put more scrutiny on Chinese ownership on farms and um, help thwart the illicit cannabis problem. It is specifically limit the ability of investors or owners from China, Russia, North Korea, and Iran to acquire American agricultural land and agribusinesses. I'd also, it, it would also China, um, require Chinese investors or owners interested in purchasing the agricultural land or other agribusinesses um, to prove that they are not linked to the Chinese Communist Party. The CCP is involved in everything illegal and illegal coming out of China, so they obviously just don't want any kind of business relationship with Chinese, illegal or not. Uh, Republican co-sponsor Senator John uh, Tester knows that signing the PASS Act into law would further encroach upon civil American freedoms and lead the nation into deeper division in the long run, similar to Bush II passing the Patriot Act. But he also knows anything is possible in America with enough noise and money behind it, or he would not have provided this closing quote. Look, it's not going to be easy to enforce, but it can be enforced. Verdict's political, uh, political piece is an interesting read, but disappointingly, as a, is a very disappointing one as a activist or as an advocate, and from my point of view. Um, is the trap currently funded by Chinese government-connected uh, gangsters? Probably. Is the United States government funded by past and present blood money pulled off the backs of non-white slaves and immigrants, misled taxpayers and global corporations that don't give a damn about your rights or well-being as a citizen so long as the machine keeps moving? Yes, I'm more concerned with the latter. I'm Rico Lamit, the dopest dad on the street. Love to hear what you guys think about this one. Oh, man. Rico, did you happen to catch Laura Ingram's show last night? Because she was not. covering <laughs> What did Laura have to say? Um, I, I, I will never, ever, this. ever give That was uh, the best question, Ingram. dude. <laughs> hey, Rico, were you watching old Lawrence Welk videos last <laughs> night, bro? <laughs> the, uh, last I heard, oh, she was talking Ron James, uh, shut up and dribble. Oh, um, man. So. It, was, it, it, it was interesting. She was covering this, and she was talking... It was mainly uh, talking about uh, Chinese cultivations in Oklahoma and their influence on the illicit market. I thought you were about to say Oakland, dude. And I was gonna be yeah, like, this, oh, this yeah, is a bunch of fucking, this is a bunch of fucking government propaganda. This is nothing but a propaganda piece, and you're gonna see more and more about. I don't know. That. I don't know uh, Rico, you should come to Oakland, I bro. I can take you to a couple major. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying is listen. I'm not saying that it, this shit ain't happening. Like I said yeah. at the beginning, at, at the end, a lot is, of uh, is, is China is, 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 is Chinese gangsters running a lot of the shit. Maybe yeah. they're they're running all the, running the all the government. This is, this is what I'm saying. They're trying to get us to rally around this shit so we can fucking support another fucking war. We're and being pushed into fucking war. There's a bunch of propaganda pushing us against fucking China. Like China is not really doing much. China different is, is our last year, or the year before then, right, or the year before right, then. All right, all right, all right. This is propaganda. Time out. Time out. Uh, just one key <laughs> fact, an actual fact. Uh, China <laughs> is the number one producer of hemp. That's right. They are. That is true. That you know, you know who would be if they, you, you, you if, know. if they took, if they uh, took away all the hurdles, America. <laughs> if they stopped trying to fucking yeah. control everything we fucking do, we would be leader in all of yeah. that shit. Yeah, well, true. Well, that. I, don't, I, I don't know if I believe that. Isn't Canada number two? Bullshit, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, I would love someone in, to tell me if I'm wrong or not. Isn't Canada number two? Number two in hemp? I don't know about that. America. I I don't know. I don't know about two. all that. I think you might have to Gret, uh, uh, Google that, Gretchen. I do know that China's I think it's number one. Gretchen. I do know I China's number one. I'm with you. Canada and Romania. I think it's inter This story again, Rico. It, I think is interesting. Uh, I'm not going to jump up and down and say it's propaganda because I know Natalie and that she is a good journalist. So I'm not going to yeah. go as far as propaganda. It's definitely not. Uh, I didn't say she wasn't. A, I didn't say she wasn't a good uh, uh, journalist. Well, what when I'm you saying tell is someone they're putting out propaganda, propaganda all she did was she, she lying, got nothing but so. quotes from law enforcement, uh, from quote unquote experts like? on the international like drug trade. You, you want a quote from Stizzy? <laughs> I want quote, hey man, don't go there. Uh, <laughs> I mean, law enforcement and law enforcement <laughs> in the Bay has been tra targeting Chinese-run uh, illegal grows, and a lot of them are are being staffed by illegal aliens. Yeah, I, I don't really have an official position on that part, but I do know that since they've been hammering on these grows that have been growing shitty ass weed, the price of indoors has been going up in the Bay. So overall, yeah, it's good news. It yeah. Oh, 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 here we go, guys. We got Stephen Elliott. What do you have Let's to say Steve about this, Stephen? Good morning, crew. How's it going? It's been a 
So I, um, you know, I know up here in uh, the Triangle and in Oregon and possibly even Washington, uh, there's been a large, large Hmong community uh, cultivating out here. And in Oregon, they went so far as to cut them off from water, power, all sorts of fun stuff. So they are very prejudiced towards uh, any Asian cultivators. Um so yeah, no, it's it's not uh, propaganda. It's definitely true, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, you know, hey, this is what happens when you quote unquote legalize something. <laughs> what do y'all gotta say about that? Yep. Just yep. That's it. Uh, the, the, I'm, saying, I'm saying the this is saber rattling. I'm not saying that there are not it's saber rattling. Like I said at the very end, like it's, it's 75 percent okay. of the traffic in America. Probably. Okay, probably. Let's just, let's just start with that. Let's just start with a vape market alone. Okay, let's not go into the fact that they own different agricultural land or anything else like that. Let's just start with the hardware. Okay, Rico. And you have all of this propaganda that people are saying, oh, yeah, vaping is so much safer than smoking. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What, 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 yeah. Where's your fucking point? Keep, 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 keep on fucking going with that. You obviously didn't realize you didn't obviously didn't listen to what I was saying in the whole fucking story. Is it is China probably running the trap? Probably so. China is definitely is that, running the is that, what we be, is that what we should be focusing on right now? No. If she wanted to yes, have what I'm saying with this piece right here, if she wanted to have it more balanced, ask people on the ground, like get their perspective on it. Very but only like asking law enforcement, uh, former FBI agents and uh, quote unquote experts on the international drug trade. What do you, and, what do you and, think they should ask? You think they should have asked? You think they should ask Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma DCC or something for how many how many this Chinese holders you have? It's, it's a puff piece for the PASS Act, and the PASS Act is just it. taking away more American Stop fucking freedom. It. It's the Patriot Act. No, Part Natalie two. is not on that hype train, bro. Stop it. Anybody? Stop yet. It. I just yes, have one In this thought. article, yes, she is. Go for it, Adelia. Go for it, Adelia. No, just by like hearing the article and kind of skimming it through more, it just seems like another reason that they want tighter regulations and oversight in the industry. That's it. We know that doesn't That's work. It. We know it's that more doesn't work. Yeah. It, it's, there's a lot of truth there. There's a lot of truth there. But you sprinkle a little propaganda. And, and like you said, like the Patriot Act, it just opens the door for overreach. And, and that's where we need to be careful. I'm not, I'm, I'm not buying that there's any propaganda in this, but we got we, we to gotta go to the next story. We got a lot of people here today. You up next, Jason? I am. I am up next. Do you want me to just start here? I'm just going to go into it. The cannabis industry's longest continuously operating retailer, the uh, our very own Jason Beck. And what else is he? He is also the uh, West Hollywood's president of cannabis tourism and an unwavering supporter of 45. amazing politicians that all care 45. about America. 45. Donald right. J. Trump. What you got for us Jason? Yes. Oh, yeah, Rico. Here we go, bro. All right. So we just talked about Chinese influencing cannabis, and we're going to go right to where Laura Ingram was talking about last night in regards to that same thing. That's right. The great old state where everything may not be okay in Oklahoma because state legislators cracking down on illegal marijuana grows. That's right. Oklahoma's attorney general is applauding lawmakers work to crack down on illegal marijuana grow operations. Currently, there are three bills going through the legislature, one in the House and two in the Senate. Since the state passed medical marijuana back in 2018, an explosion of dispensaries <coughs> and grows have popped up everywhere. And while most are legitimate here, there are still hundreds that slip through the cracks. And state legislators tell two news that these three bills are meant to stop those illegal operations. A.G. Jentner Drummond said medical marijuana has become a Trojan horse for illegal activity ranging from sex and human trafficking and distribution of deadly drugs like fentanyl, which comes from China. The Oklahoma Bureau of Narcotics and Dangerous Drugs Control estimates nearly half of the grow operations are illegal. But for the illegal operators, um, how will these bills affect production? For right now, in a quote, for right now, where we're at, I think it's necessary. There's absolute, there, there absolutely has to be a crackdown on on oversaturation, said marijuana grower Josh Riddle. 
Riddle works for a grow out of Oklahoma City. He said these bills could help bring the competitiveness back into the industry with legal grows. Well, I'd say once you have more grows, that's more competitive, but okay. In a quote, if I've got $25,000 in a in, in a cost a month and you don't because you're back don't you're backdooring or black marketing or you know skirting the line where it looks like you're doing the right thing but you're not it really two things it makes it it an unfair playing field and it makes it hard to be competitive said riddle riddle said if you are doing the right thing you shouldn't be worried but what exactly will these bills do for operators house bill 2095 gives all enforcement agencies the power to conduct unannounced on-site inspections with reasonable suspicion senate bill 806 requires proof of land ownership and a licensed grow operation and prohibits transfers and multiple licenses at the same address and senate bill 913 requires all operations to hold a fifty thousand dollar bond that may be recalled if the property is abandoned a uh, license revoked or in response to a violation of the law riddle said in this case the government oversight is needed and he said the oklahoma medical marijuana authority needs to come up with better ways to not only regulate but enforce the laws he said there will be growing pains but in the long run oklahomans are getting the medication they need at a decent price there just needs to be more oversight the ag said uh, of the bills in a quote i am especially grateful for the House and Senate leadership, as well as the individual legislators who have stepped up on behalf of public safety by authoring and voting for this legislation. The three bills are now headed for the opposite chamber and the Governor Stitt's desk in the near future. So here we go, Oklahoma. More shit rolling downhill. What do y'all think? This is Jason Beck reporting for High at Nine News. It's the plumber's proverb. Shit rolls plumber's downhill. Plumber's proverb, huh? Shit, always all you rolls got. All you got, huh? Interesting. I'm yeah. just saying, how many Chinese illegal operators do you think they're going to weed out with these bills, Rico? Um, at least eighty percent of operators in Oklahoma are funded by the Chinese government, according to Politico. According to Politico, that was in your article. A pretty high number. Yes, eighty percent of bros are funded by the Chinese in Oklahoma. Wow. So 80% of the illegal grows are funded. The illegal grows in, or in uh, Oklahoma are funded by this uh, or connected to the CCP. Does and they didn't offer any other evidence. No, no, nothing. They said they said 80% of all the illegal activity. That's a really high number, bro. Yeah, it is. Exactly. It's propaganda. Especially if they're, <laughs> if they're running in. This is why, this is why you get in, more information from just law enforcement on this shit. So you're saying you don't think law enforcement knows what they're talking about when they're giving quotes? I'm saying get more than one perspective mm. than a bunch of people who are known to lie to the people. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. What is like Why are you coming up with this number, Rico? Yeah. This is like when law enforcement tries to estimate the street value of whatever. Yeah. Exactly. I want to know where's the 80% come from? Where, where, where'd you get the number? Everyone's asking this, Rico. Open my political article. I'm it's looking at political it. I went, through all, I went through all those fucking numbers in there. Look at this. All right. When it comes to the dude from the OBN. I'm looking at the OBN. Oh, look. Gretchen's verifying. Come on. Come on with oh, it. I'm Survey looking. 10? I don't see an 80, <laughs> number one. Maybe they spelled it out. The agency right. believes 2,000 of those Chinese of those farms have a Chinese connection, supplying workers, funding, or both. Of the more than 800 farms the OBN has shut down in the last two years uh, for operating illegally, Woodward said roughly 75, excuse me, not 80, 75% are linked to China. Crazy. I would comfortably say over 600 of those we've linked to Chinese investors and Chinese organized crime, some sort of nexus back to China. Yep. Okay, so you think the man's lying? I don't think he's lying. I'm saying, where's the fucking proof? You're just putting up these fucking numbers. Where's the fucking, where's, where's the, where's the you basis where the of those proof numbers? Where's the Rico proof in the pudding, son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, okay, pudding. Yeah. Put I say okay. it's halftime. Uh, okay. Let's stop reading. Yeah, we got to go to a commercial. 
Let's go and wrap it up. Chinese are taking over the yeah, league. Right. Backpedaling wow. some more Republicans. I ain't backpedaling. You said, hey, you are complaining yeah, about what the liberals like to do. You're the one that's exaggerating on the numbers. Let me just add a little 5% in there. Oh, flip it. Flip it. Thinking we're just going to believe you because you're cute. Nope. Move along next. I'm with you, Gretchen. Rico is definitely trying to uh, use mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. This is how the slippery it. slope begins. Yep. All right. Mr. Back oh, yeah. I gotta go. Keeping up to date on the evolving policies of relevant state, local, and federal governments is key to success. When the future of your business is at stake, you need representation as dedicated as you are. With a maze of laws and regulations surrounding cannabis, hemp, and psychedelics, knowing where to begin can be a challenge. Good thing the law offices of Omar Figueroa features a skilled, highly focused team ready to guide you through it all. They're accepting new clients in California and New York. So make sure you check them out at info at omarfigueroa.com. We have we have someone Jerry in Clubhouse. J- Jerry, did you have a, something you want to say in twenty seconds or less in regards to that last story? No, not to the last story. I had a question about uh, posting cannabis online. Do you have any research? Oh yeah, we don't. We do not do uh, do that. Go ahead and send us an inquiry to our email us. Email us. Yeah, email us on our website, Jerry. Hi at nine news dot com, please, and we can help you out there. But. Here we go. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Where'd you go? There you are. The thoughts and opinions in general overall shade thrown on Hyatt 9 News are those of the individual speakers, not those of Hyatt 9 News, its audience, or its advertisers. This, the statements made do not constitute medical, legal, or financial advice. And for advice tailored to your specific situation, please consult with a licensed professional. If you're an easily offended person, the show is probably not for you. And maybe... You should go and buy some Chinese weed. Control Tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures. And with the tower propelling at 2600 rpms it's certainly the most efficient dab experience to date the control tower from highly educated of that she is the cmo of event high and the co-host of and founder of the revolutionary professional women in cannabis networking brunch series blunt brunch coming up next y'all know who it is adelia carrillo Good morning, good afternoon, everyone. Today's article is called uh, Certain Marijuana Products Under Voluntary Recall in Arizona Due to Potential Contamination. So health officials in Arizona have announced that several cannabis products in the state are being recalled due to possible contamination with the fungus known as Aspergillus. <laughs> According to officials with the Arizona Department of Health Services, the recall is voluntary and is being undertaken out of an abundance of caution. Uh, the affected products are of the plant and trim category and include Source One Meds Muddy Waters, Nature's Wonder Mango Sunrise, Potent Planet Blood Oath, Deep Root Farm Jenny Cush, and Deep Root Farm Big Mac. Uh, these specific batch numbers of these products are being called are list that are being called are listed on the AZDHS's news release. And for those that are curious about Aspergillus, it is a type of fungus that exists both indoors and outdoors. Um, while most strains of those of these molds are harmless, a few can cause serious illnesses when people with weakened immune systems, such as underlying lung disease or asthma, inhale their fungal spores. Now, the AZDHS officials discovered the possible contamination during a routine inspection of the cannabis testing laboratory, where it was determined that equipment was misused, according to the manufacturer. Once the potential contamination was discovered, the establishment involved took immediate action to work with all distribution and retail partners to remove any potential impacted products. Um, Now, for those who have purchased any of those products, uh, the AZDHS officials have advised to dispose those products immediately. Um, To date, though, there hasn't been any illnesses that have been reported in connection with these recalled products. 
Now, as we all know, this is not the first time that cannabis products have been recalled in Arizona due to possible contamination issues. Back in June 2021, eight cannabis products were recalled due to potential salmonella or mold contamination. And in November of that year, 11 products were also recalled due to possible contamination from Aspergillus or salmonella. Um, we've also seen similar recalls have occurred in other parts of the country as well, such as California. Officials of the DCC announced a mandatory recall for a batch of cannabis flower due to Aspergillus contamination. Um, with that, the most cannabis product recall in California happened on December 23, 2022. Now, the safety of cannabis products is obviously the utmost importance, and recalls such as these serve as a reminder of the need for strict quality control measures in the industry. Um, this is Adelia reporting live for Hyatt 9 News Hour, and I would love to hear from my fellow correspondents on the overall scope of this recall. I think there's got to be the problem at the lab level. There's, I mean, this is just uh, awfully random. I mean, I don't know. Uh, St. Germain, what do you think with regards to testing batches of flour? Is all the testing done at the same lab? I, I might have missed that part if that was said in the article or not. What do you mean test, uh, testing batches of flour? They're 50-pound batches. In California, they're 50-pound batches, and they're all tested at one lab. And they're, they're yeah. randomly grabbed by the, by the lab tech. And what, what I meant asking? is in this particular article, uh, <clears throat> is there a, sim a, a lab in common with all these brands? Did I miss oh. that? For this article, yeah. They, uh, they found it all rooted into one lab. Did they name it? Uh, they did not. They just said that it was determined the equipment was mis was misused according to the manufacturer, and it was one lab that they... I mean, this kind of stuff is devastating to brands and, and manufacturers yeah. and farmers. I mean, it is literally devastation and you can do r&d testing all along the way you can harvest your product and test it you can dry it and test it you can trim it and test it and then you go to your final uh, certificate certificate of analysis and it pops for for whatever it's it's insane and working with um within the system that we're we're stuck in working in margins are already so tight. It's so excruciatingly painful for a company to experience something like this at the hand of another company. This is why they make insurance policies for our industry. But even those are a joke and a half. I mean, have you ever tried to make an insurance claim with your insurance for cannabis? It's it's a joke. Yeah. And so when they test cannabis too, it's not like they put it into a special computer and it comes out with a number or a, an assignment of what it is. They literally use uh, chromatography and spectroscopy, which shows you like a line with these spikes on it. And it takes a lot of training to be able to actually read these spikes, where they occur on this graph and what they mean. You're saying and, it's like a sleep apnea test? CPAP? Like a, C uh, like a I sleep know. apnea test, yeah. Oh, I'm not sure. It but, looks like you're making music. Like you got all Yeah, yeah, things. it's just like little blips. It's like a heart rate right? machine, yeah. So when I first started getting my weed tested, just because I like to get it tested, Way back in the day, I went to this one lab who was run by friends, and they were telling me that I had all kinds of pyrethrins. Now, this was on greenhouse weed, and pyrethrins are broken down in 24 hours by UV light. I went through all of my systems. I went through all of my sprayers. Like I went nuts testing everything, calling, sourcing everything, and that was good because I really drilled down on all my sourcing. What I finally realized when I talked to my friend Alec Dixon from SC Labs was that they had a tech who was unused to reading the readouts as they applied, applied to cannabis. He was a traditional uh, chromatographer or whatever. And so Alec had to come into the lab and actually show them what these spikes meant and reset the whole thing. Because after, after I got it tested with these guys, I tested with FC, there was no pyrethrins on any of my stuff because they never sprayed it. So it's, it's, it, it really takes a lot of, of training. And I think a lot of these labs just get up and get running. And again, they just fill out the numbers on the spreadsheet and it equals, we're going to be billionaires. And they throw a guy with a degree right in there, but you get a kid with a degree straight out of college and they actually don't know what these spikes on these readouts mean. And so you can get false positives that like Mandy, like you said, will destroy a business. Mm -hmm. It'll put you out of business. It's, yeah. 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 Not to mention yeah. whatever that product it is. Oh man. It's what a nightmare. It's so sad. So sad. For well, and then there's this automatic association. And once the news hits the public, God forbid. Yeah. That you're shit 30. That yeah, your yeah. shit's dirty. Your dirty. Your shit's is horrible. Everything that you've done up to this point is completely discredited and not worthy. Oh, yeah. sorry. Of course, my dog. My dog has a strong. Yeah, your dog agrees. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's organic shit certified. Mm -hmm. Exactly. We got to go to a commercial. We're going to be right back. Let's do it.
You want to grow some of the best weed in the world? Then you must start with the best genetics in the world. Go to www.dnagenetics.shop to order regular feminized or autoflower beans. All of your favorite DNA genetics cultivars such as Kosher Kush, Skywalker Kush, and oh yeah, Chocolate Truffle Shuffle. Boasting more cannabis awards for their award-winning genetics than any other company in the world. Remember to go to www.dnagenetics.sh to see why our Terps don't lie. Oh, yeah. Coming up next, she's a mom with a plan, and she knows how to sell some weed. That's right. It is Sacramento's own, the Canagram favorite. That's right. It is Mandy Tingler. You're on mute. I hate when I'm trying to be a good correspondent and mute for everything, and then I forget to unmute and look stupid. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, here we go, guys. Today's article is something that's a very hot topic in my world these days, figuring out how medical cannabis is not really being considered to be covered by medical insurance yet. There's a lot of discussion that needs to be had here. And this article comes out of Pennsylvania Commonwealth. The court rules that workers' comp should cover medical marijuana costs. It says in Harrisburg, Commonwealth Court has ruled that workers' compensation, compensation should cover the cost of medical marijuana for treatment of injuries suffered on the job. The court on Friday handed down two decisions in cases brought by workers who were hurt on the job and were initially prescribed opioids for treatment. But in both cases, the workers sought to get their costs of medical marijuana covered by workers' compensation... <laughs> Uh -uh. asserting that the marijuana has been more effective in treating their pain. Winston. Sorry, he really cares about this. <laughs> uh, in Teresa L. Fegley as Exutrix of the Estate of Paul Sheets versus Firestone Tire and Rubber, a workers' compensation appeal board, Sheets had been injured in, at work in 1977, according to the OP opinion written by Judge Ann Covey. He underwent two back surgeries, and over the years, he treated his pain with opioids and narcotics. In 2019, at the recommendation of his doctor, he began using medical marijuana to deal with his back pain in the hope of eliminating the need for opiates and narcotics that he had been taking for approximately 30 years. Medical marijuana afforded claimant pain relief and reduced his need for the opiates and narcotics, according to Judge Covey's opinion. She added that Sheets also reported that taking medical marijuana apparently provided psychological benefits in 2019. He began seeking to have the cost of his medical marijuana covered by his work workers' comp. Sheets died before the court made its decision, and his estate continued the case. In the case of Edward Apple versus GWC Warranty Corporation, Mr. Apple was injured at work in 20 2006 and was prescribed opioids for the pain. He obtained a medical marijuana card in April of 2018, and by September of that year, he weaned himself off of all opioid medication, despite suffering a tremendous amount of withdrawals during that process, according to a separate opinion also written by Judge Covey. In October 2018, he sought to get workers' compensation to cover the costs of his medical marijuana. In both cases, their claims were denied, and the appeals board upheld those denials, but Commonwealth Court decisions reversed the appeals board. In the decisions, the court concluded that while the medical marijuana law includes language specifically decreeing that insurance companies aren't required to cover the cost of medical marijuana, it also includes language that medical marijuana patients should not be denied any right for lawful use, uh, use of mer medical marijuana. As a result, the judges reasoned that, quote, the General Assembly explicitly intended Commonwealth residents suffering from irretractable pain to have the benefit of this therapy, and at the same time chose not to limit claimants from receiving their statutory rights. The judge also decreed that employers are not being ordered to break federal law because they are not being required to pay for the marijuana, but rather they, are being they, are, they would be reimbursing the patients for their medical costs. Judge Christine Fisano Cannon filed a dissenting opinion arguing that the law's ban on requiring the insurers to cover the cost of medical marijuana should, should be the deciding factor. Claimants argue that because the WC Act is liberally construed, 
construed, excuse me, the MMA should not be interpreted to, God, I can't even talk today. The MMA should not be interpreted to preclude reimbursement that is otherwise required by the WC Act. The most obvious flaw in this argument is that the prior, prior to the enactment of the MMA, there was no legal medical marijuana in Pennsylvania, and therefore, no reimbursement was required under the Act. Judge Fasano Cannon noted that the legislator apparently didn't require insurers to cover medical marijuana because the U.S. Federal, or excuse me, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration had not approved the use of the drug for medical conditions. So, guys, this is a really hot topic. This is a very important piece for all of us, especially for people who are really in chronic pain and have been precluded from being able to work due to these things. I'm really interested to see what the rest of you think about it. This is groundbreaking in so many ways. And uh, this is Mandy from High at Nine. Thank you for covering this one, uh, Mandy. I think it's fantastic if it goes through and uh, you can get workers comp for that shit. Hell yeah. And it'll, it'll cover that shit. Fuck yeah. yeah. This you is know, huge. I, yeah, go well, ahead, please. What I was going to say is that when you sit back and think about, you know, we're probably talking about millions of people in the country who are dealing with chronic pain on a daily basis that don't live in states where they have access to cannabis. Um, but then we have, you know, 30 plus states in the U.S. that, that do allow some sort of medical access to cannabis. It, if we're getting a recommendation from a physician, you're going to your clinician and your clinician is saying, this is what my patient needs. The insurance should definitely be taking that into consideration. I don't understand the disconnect here. We've proven over and over that this is medicine. Over and over and over. Every day more comes out about that. Yep. Yeah. I definitely agree. You know, this is definitely a major step forward for workers' rights and, and access to effective pain management. Um, that's the reality, Mandy, what you're just saying. You know, workers on the job shouldn't be denied the right to access this therapy. They're, they're getting it recommended by their doctors. And the truth is the, the court's decision will help reduce this the cost of the opioid addiction and related healthcare expenses to, tremendously by this. Um, that's, that's all I have to say. <laughs> I, yeah, there's, there's, yeah. It's always the same story every day. I mean, we're trying to explain to people that this is just, a, it's a human yeah. right, right? And yep. I, what I can't wrap my head around is how going into any doctor's office or any hospital situation, they're going to give me some kind of a prescription that has three pages of warnings about what this medication is going to do to me, yep. right? Yeah, yeah, I think you're getting nothing but uh, support on yeah, this. I, I, I love this article. I, just, <laughs> I wish this was in more states yeah. that we could report on than, than just Pennsylvania. But I, I'm wondering, because it was a Commonwealth court, and I wish Gretchen was still here to answer this, does that only um, pertain to a certain region within Pennsylvania, or does that actually cover the entire state? They uh, call it a Commonwealth instead of Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. The entire state of Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah Virginia is a Commonwealth, too. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. I um, you know, love on that this one. is something that we all really need to be continuing to push forward the agenda on and not let this topic go ignored. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, indeed. We got to add. We no, got to add. We're going to keep is, rocking yeah, here. Next. All right. So coming to the stage next. Uh, this man had no choice. He could curl up under the bridge with the ATX Delta 8D boys or hit the high road. Thank God he chose the latter. Up next is the host of the show with the same damn name and fellow dope dad, Stone Slade. What you got for Thank us? Thank you, Rico. Uh, pleasure to be here as always. <laughs> I, you know, I always forget to wait for the crowd noise. I, I stumble over it and I apologize. Before I wanted to jump into this, you know, there's been in the chat. I do want to give Adam L, dude, congrats on that shit. TMZ picked that shit up, and that's awesome. I feel bad for not grabbing that with my story. Dude ran a marathon smoking weed the whole way and 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 did it live on Twitch. That's fucking yep. badass. And Stone. Shame on me. Stone. Anyway. Stone. Yes. Stone, just so you know, anyone that ever wants to send a tip to us on a story that they would like covered, they can email us at tips at high at nine news, H I G H number nine news.com, or they can go to our website, high at nine news.com as the number or spell it out however you want to get there that'll all take you to the same place there's a little red button up at the top that says got a tip and that's where you would submit your tip and, and please in the subject line just the tip 
just the tip. Just the tip. Thank you, thank you. And now my story. I got this from Kyle Yeager over at MJ Moment. The medical, the medical program in Texas is a lot like voting in Texas. It lacks proper accessibility. Under current laws, patients can qualify for low THC medical cannabis if they have epilepsy, a seizure disorder, multiple sclerosis, spasticity, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, autism, cancer, and incurable neurodegenerative disease, or PTSD, which wasn't even added until 2021. And as far as product variety goes, patients can only purchase low THC edibles and tinctures with smokable flowers still nowhere in sight because from what I've heard, Governor Abbott's wife, Cecilia, hates the smell. Well, Monday, Texas lawmakers took steps to improve our medical program by approving a bill that would allow doctors to recommend medical cannabis to patients if they have a condition causing chronic pain that would normally uh, that would otherwise be treated with prescription opioids. This development comes just weeks after a separate House committee unanimously has approved a bill to decriminalize cannabis possession in the state and provide a pathway for record expungement. The legislation efforts Monday that came from Republican Senator Stephanie Click would also replace the 1% THC cap for cannabis oil with a volumetric dose of 10 milligrams. And as introduced, the bill uh, would have increased the limit to 5% THC content, but the committee uh, adopted a substitute amendment that contains the switch to the volumetric dose method. Importantly, the bill further stipulates that regulators at the Department of State Health Services could approve through rulemaking additional debilitating medical conditions to qualify patients for the cannabis program. And if enacted, the bill would go ahead and take effect starting this September 1st, 2023. Texas Normal Executive Director Jax James told Marijuana Moment that advocates feel confident that the expansion bill would be approved on the House floor after clearing committee. She said, however, we encourage our fellow Texans to reach out to the representatives in support of this legislation, as well as their senators and expectation of it crossing over. And she said, legislature moves quickly. We must ensure these important changes are codified for Texas patients. Now, while advocates would like to see the, the conservative legislature enact more holistic medical uh, cannabis legislation or end prohibition altogether, the committee passed measure does represent a significant expansion while also recognizing the potential of cannabis as an opioid alternative. And that's important. The text of the substitute amendment adopted ahead of Monday's panel vote as not yet available. So it's not immediately clear if there were other substantive changes made to the bill. The revised measure now heads to the calendars committee to be scheduled for floor action. Now, Greg Abbott has gone on record saying that he doesn't believe uh, people should be incarcerated for low level marijuana possession. However, the governor incorrectly suggested just last year that lawmakers have already adopted that policy statewide. And let's not forget that even if it does pass the house or uh, as, uh, as other smart cannabis legislation has before, in Texas, it still can be foiled by our Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, the snidely whiplash of Texas lawmakers. And for those of you unfamiliar with snidely whiplash, he was the villain in the old Dudley Do-Right cartoons that always tied the dam's own distress to the train tracks, which is essentially what Dan Patrick, the prohibitionist transplant Texas lawmaker from Baltimore, Maryland, does to our Lady Mary Jane, Mary Jane here in Texas. I'm Stone Slade reporting for the Hyatt Nine News Hour. So what's the percentage of THC they want to raise this to stone? Uh, well, they, they, they're dropping that. They went, they, it was a 1% and they, I guess we're going to make it a 5%, but they're changing it to, um, no, what was the word they used? A can't find it. 5% weed, 5% weed. Nothing over 10 that. milligrams. And no, and no edible, no edibles over 10 milligrams. No, they have that. You see, I don't know how all that works. They do have edibles over 10 milligrams. If anybody knows the science of how of, of, uh, and, and the legalities of how that is done, I'm not sure. Um, just like it's 10 milligrams per serving in most places, and you can purchase up to 100 milligrams per package. So right. And, but I do know because I was a Texas medical card. They don't yeah. have a card, but a, a, a recommend, I had a recommendation um, that they had higher, higher milligram gummies than that. It's just I don't know. The, the selection's limited. It's all made, you know, it's distillate gummies. There's no, uh, I, I, I don't know. I'm a There's no there. distillate gummies. I bet you they're all distillate gummies. No, they are. Yeah. For sure. It's just, it's, it's limited and you, there's no smoking. The, you, our state's so jacked up, dude. You can have smokable hemp. They can sell smokable hemp in the state as long as it was imported from another state. Like Texas farmer can't even sell their own smokable hemp. I just, it makes no sense at all. Anyway, 
But as a whole, this is a good move for the tech. I don't want to just poo-poo the whole thing. This no. is a good move for our program and what we have. It's some progress. Just, just it's, it's progress. Just being able to bit. know to now to have them look at that and say this is something that's a good alternative for an opioid. We're going to include people with chronic pain uh, as, as, if a doctor was going to prescribe an opioid for it. That's mm -hmm. that is a big move in itself. Mm -hmm. Baby steps. Very much. Very much true. <laughs> very very Baby much true. You got any thoughts on this, Rico, Matthew? Ladies, Texas frightens me. Ladies, yeah. Texas frightens me. <laughs> we looked at moving to Austin for a second after a house burned down, and Austin is amazing. But we is. we we went outside of Austin to go to a hot springs. I had a couple joints in the car, and I got followed by a Texas state trooper for like twenty minutes, dude. Your butt like, cheeks got tight. I was like, bro, I'm going to prison with my kids in the car for like three joints, dude. Fuck this place. Yeah. No offense. Austin's a little oasis, dude. But Austin's amazing, but you got to stay within the city walls, dude. Otherwise, it's, you can't leave. it's Texas outside yeah. there, bro. It's you Texas. Just, you have to stay within the Austin city limits. Yeah, I, I got pulled They're over waiting for me, bro. Oh, man, in the middle of nowhere, Texas, too. <laughs> and I was tripping, too, because I went to Walmart out there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> and the, it's the largest shopping cart I've ever seen. Okay. <laughs> Did it have the the Longhorns in the front? Yeah. Well, the pro, and then and then everybody in the Walmart was wider than the shopping cart. I think I, I think uh, Politico said that seventy five percent of the people of Walmart articles are from Texas. <laughs> Stop so, it. I don't know. No. But let's keep it. Let's I'm keep it real. <laughs> We're running short on time here. Yeah. So up next, he is a immortal cannabis wizard with a PhD in tripping balls from Hogwarts, and he used that liberal arts degree to vouch for entrance into the cannabis industry, where he spent over three decades in sales, marketing, cultivation, and time travel. Up next, you know who it is. It's Matthew Saint Germain. Thanks, Rico. Happy Wednesday. And we're changing it to 3,300 years. I talked to Jason about that. So I've got more great psychedelic news. It just keeps coming. Uh, advanced brain imaging study hints at how DMT psychedelic alters perception of reality. In a study at Imperial College London, detailed brain imaging data from 20 healthy volunteers revealed how the potent psychedelic compound DMT or dimethyltryptamine alters brain function. During the immersive DMT experience, there was increased connectivity across the brain with more communication between different areas and different systems. The changes to brain activity were most prominent in areas linked with higher level functions such as imagination. DMT is a potent psychedelic found naturally in certain plants and animals. It occurs in trace amounts in the human body and along with harmaline is the major psychoactive compound in ayahuasca. The study published in the journal PNAS is the first to track brain activity before during and after the DMT experience in such detail. Dr. Chris Timmerman from the Center for Psychedelic Research at Imperial College London said, this work is exciting as it provides the most advanced human neuroimaging view of the psychedelic state to date. Unlike other classic psychedelics such as LSD or psilocybin, DMT's effects on the brain are relatively brief, lasting a matter of minutes rather than hours. DMT can produce intense and immersive altered states of consciousness with the experience characterized by vivid visions, a sense of visiting alternative realities or dimensions, and similarities with near-death experiences. But exactly how the compound alters brain function to account for such effects has been unclear. In this latest study, 20 volunteers were given an injection. It was actually an IV uh, drip of the drug, while researchers captured details uh, of their brain imagery from both MRI and EEG. So functional MRI... Is, uh, uh, gave them a complete overview of the brain and the blood flow. And then the EEG, they said, gave them a more granular look at uh, all of the brain's activity. So the fMRI scans found changes to activity within between brain regions uh, that normally are separated, that handle different functions. These phenomena turn network disintegration and desegregation and increased global functional connectivity aligned with previous studies with other psychedelics. The changes to activity were most prominent in brain areas linked with higher level human specific functions, again, such as imaginations. The researchers highlight that while their study is not the first to image the brain um, under psychedelics, it is the first to combine multiple imaging techniques to study the brain during a highly immersive psychedelic experience. They explain the work provides further evidence of how DMT and psychedelics more generally exert their effects by disrupting high-level brain systems. And I would look at disrupting. Uh, we should use the different words for that. Our results revealed that when a volunteer was on DMT, there was a marked downregulation of some of the brain rhythms that would ordinarily be dominant. The brain switched to, in its mode of functioning to something altogether more anarchic. It will be fascinating to follow up on these insights in the years to come. Psychedelics are proving to be extremely powerful scientific tools for furthering our understanding of how brain activity relates to conscious experience. And I'd like to just summarize a couple of the, the, the words they use might sound negative, 
but they're looking at a, a traditional scientific view where your brain is supposed to run like this. And so when they say dysregulation, they mean it's running differently than the quote unquote normal state. Right. And when they say that there's a more anarchic function, what it's saying is if there's less hierarchy, uh, normally, you know, signals come through these different uh, uh, system uh, signal paths that, that actually get filtered. And this anarchic state means your entire brain is actually mapped together and more connected to itself. Right. And 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 also this uh, relates to another study they're doing where they're doing intravenous DMT. I just wanted to mention this. And they're beginning to use human volunteers with psychedelic experience to map the territory of the DMT experience, because what they're finding is uh, nearly everybody goes to similar or the same spaces, meets the same entities and has the same experiences. Uh, this is Matthew St. Germain for the Hyatt Nine News on a happy Wednesday. And I'm excited to hear what you guys have to say about this one. Wish you would uh, pronounce PNAS like it, like God intended you to pronounce it. <laughs> it's my favorite journal, PNAS. Just the tip. The PNAS. I mean, I'd love to see if they could check back in with those 20 volunteers and just see what the after effects are. Because yeah. so as the study shows that it's just, you know, from the brief 20 minute experience and, and right after that. Um, also, I'd love to see more, uh, maybe it says 20 healthy volunteers. So maybe others with, with other ailments. You want, you want unhealthy people? I don't know what the correct word would well, be. So, Adelia, they are going to be doing depression and PTSD studies okay. with DMT. And then mm -hmm. uh, in, a, in a related study, they did psilocybin. And what psilocybin breaks down to another chemical called psilocin. Psilocin is methylated DMT. So when you eat psilocin or psilocybin, you're, it, it protects the, TM, the DMT from your stomach juices and acids. And you are, you're actually getting high on DMT when you eat mushrooms. Um, so uh, there was a Johns Hopkins study with mushrooms, and they found positive um, changes to both uh, antidepressive and personality functions for human beings for up to a year from one single high-dose uh, psilocybin experience. That's what I'm really curious about, like to piggyback off what Odelia was saying, is you know talking to these folks after, like weeks, months yes. afterwards, and seeing if there was any kind of notable change for them. Um, I definitely believe in the power of any kind of psychedelic experience in, in healing trauma, um, in helping to re-regulate the central nervous system for many people. If you haven't tried it and you're struggling with anything with regards to anxiety, PTSD, depression, I can't recommend it enough. So DMT, the so-called spirit molecule, the molecule that lives inside of every, they find in every single living organism on the entire planet. Yes, sir. The only, only molecule like that in the entire world. Correct, Matthew? Well, there are other molecules that are found in, in, in every single of living life, organism. But, yeah, but this is the only uh, brain transmitter mammalian uh, brain hormone and, that's and found in, and, and it's, it's found in plants too. It's found in plants, it's found in animals, it's found in some fungi. And you know, the, the craziest thing, even, even more crazier than that, is that you only get DMT rushes at two points in time in your life when you're born and when you die. Also theorized possibly uh, women get floods of it during pregnancy as well. Get out of here. Yeah, yeah. No. And they have found in they have found in rats evidence that the pituitary or no the uh yeah, the pituitary is uh creating DMT in your brain. They so, haven't they haven't done that with human beings because they'd have to cut somebody apart and, and and stick something in your brain while you're alive. And so can we go down the wormhole? Yeah, please. Can you say that DMT would be the closest experience to once you leave Earth to what happens? What is Earth? Define Earth. I think the thing that DMT will do if you get a good dose and you have a quiet place to do it and you have a little bit of luck as well on your side is it that you, it will give you a direct experience that we are immersed in something greater than ourselves and that there's really no such thing as birth and death. But then again, I do a lot of drugs. Well, so. that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. But like, so if we're, if we're, if the body is energy, okay. Like, like when you, what, you know, the little electric paddles that those are really electric, like they're giving you electricity to restart your heart. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you're electric. So if Newton's three laws are correct, energy cannot be uh, destroyed nor created. Yep. It can take any shape and form. And what's the third, Matthew? Oh, bro, I'm high. Sorry, I was drifting. Oh, there's one other one. There's one other one. The, um, uh, the, the third, the Newton's third law is fuck apples. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
But no, listen, I, I get what you're saying. Like, this is alternate. Are you, are you saying this is alter, altering your like your electric hologram and, and that's how you're connecting to this? Or no, where are you I'm going? With I'm just wondering. I'm just asking you a question. Uh, I'm very careful with mystical states. So here's how I view life, right? Like, okay. we have this thing called consensual reality. People want to believe in the secret. You can dream your own life and et cetera. But the thing is, there's a collective dream. And that's the dream of every piece of matter and energy and every human consciousness and every animal consciousness, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? But then there's our individual experiences. Now, when we come together to try to make sense to each other, like the only way we can make this show happen is by using things like the scientific method and objective reality. And, and we can all drill down with using logical exercises that objective reality isn't real, but then, yo, we're never going to get anything done. So I think we have to have a, a consensus reality where things have to be third party repeatable in order to have Congress with each other and just get shit done. Then we have mystic reality and our mystic reality is internal and it's not really to be, I can't really tell you what your mystic reality is. I can only tell you what my experiences are. So I'm just very careful about explaining my experiences on DMT with that type of a, of a, of an overlay in that I can tell you kind of, uh, I can hint around at what I've seen, but I would never say what it is. Yeah. Well, oh man, we got to I would just say smoke a bunch of DMT, bro. There's no such thing as birth and death. I think do these people do these, do these people uh, smoke it, dab it. How did they, they how do they it intravenously? Intravenously. Yeah. Because so, what happens is normally DMT is broken down in your stomach by something called monoamine oxidase. It's uh, it's something that we make. Um, and ayahuasca works because it's got a, a vine in it that's a monoamine oxidase inhibitor. It keeps your body from make, making monoamine oxidase. And it's got the DMT from a leaf. So normally if you just eat DMT, your your stomach does it does away with it. That's again how psilocybin, because it's got a methyl group on, on the DMT molecule, that breaks apart and the DMT gets into your blood system. Now with smoking or with any type of intravenous use, it goes directly into your blood and it, it gets past that whole gut protective system and so it gets you high. Now the better thing about, about intravenous use instead of smoking is with the IV, you can dial it up or down to whatever level is comfortable or they want for the study and they oh, can keep boy. it going for as long as they want. Whereas smoking, it's kind Whoa. of hit or miss. Can you right? can you can you butt jug and you butt chug DMT? In the right form, yes, you could. Your your uh your anal membrane is is highly absorptive. It's a mucal membrane. And so yeah, you yeah. can you can do drugs with your asshole if you want. But you know, I've got uh, my face works good. There's no rebuttal for that buttle. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. This is fascinating. Thank you, Jason. Uh, hey, shout out to Jason is the one who found that study. Hey, hey you know, we, we, we find stuff. He's swimming but, around in the, ne- in the metaverse. Yeah, I needed I needed a I needed a cannabis wizard to, uh, yes. to break it down. Thank you all for getting high at nine with us every Monday and fr- Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific and high noon on the East Coast. Big thank you to our audience and supporters for always tuning in daily and listening to the insanity that is the developing cannabis industry. Thank you to our haters for still talking about us and always thinking about us because we have the most immaculate pieces of property rent free inside of your head you should come over and have some tea with our pinkies up huge thank you true classic i spire wizard trees dna genetics laxcc and everybody else highly educated thank you all to our correspondents for being truly amazing and thank you for cannabis sativa l for giving us a reason to do all of this and have so much to talk about you about thank you to cloud media partners house of fuego green street and of course zaza simone brown holding it down in clubhouse to create this space in the cannabis universe thank you all for tuning in and getting high at nine with us it's america's number one daily cannabis news show